there are a lot of pieces of information. So one of the things that Reading Smoke helps you do is to, to filter for the correct pieces of information in order to make your decision. Enchanted Sky Media. 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 Code 3, the podcast for firefighters. Now, here's your host, Scott Orr. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me again on Code 3. The art of reading smoke can make your job easier. It can also save your life. My guest today says that reading smoke can tell you a lot about how to fight the fire it's coming from. Deputy Chief Phil Jost is a 30-year veteran of the Seattle Fire Department. He teaches nationally on reading smoke, tactical decision-making, and air management. And he was a co-author of the book Air Management for the Fire Service. And Chief Joe joins me now. Welcome to Code 3. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Scott. I get the impression that reading smoke is something of a lost art these days. Is that true? You know, I think uh, as far as reading smoke goes, it's, uh, it's something that is a skill that's learned, and it's also a skill that needs to be practiced. So if you haven't learned it, it's, it's uh, I think, a basic skill that most that firefighters should learn company officers uh, especially, and uh, anybody who's a decision maker on the fire ground. And then once you sort of have the skill, you just need to practice it, uh, like forcing doors, throwing ladders. Um, just because it's a mind skill doesn't mean it's not a skill. And certainly practice uh, makes perfect. So uh, I'm hoping that it's a, a growing art in the fire service rather than a fading one. Now, you're teaching this class at Firehouse World 2018, and you've taught it at FDIC. I'm figuring it's a big part of your business ignition point training. Why is it so popular? Well, I think it's popular because uh, it, uh, one, I think the class is popular because uh, it uses, I use a lot of video. In fact, I don't use any PowerPoint in the class. That's, that's a change thing. for some from some people's presentations. Yeah, I think that's one thing that attracts it. But also, um, you know, I, I think anytime firefighters get the opportunity to learn more about their craft, officers learn more about their craft, uh, it, it draws them in. And, and certainly uh, learning to read smoke, le- talking about the concepts of volume, velocity, density, and color, uh, it engages the mind in a in an interesting way that once you like I said once you've learned it you can you can go practice it on your own practice it with your company and so it's one of those skills that that you can go to a go to a class at a conference like uh, Firehouse World or FDIC or take one of my regular classes and then once you have been exposed to that skill you can you can practice it on your own to get better and so that being able to take that value back either from an hour-and-a-half class or an eight-hour session, I think is one of the reasons why it's been so popular over the years. Can you give me the basics of what we can learn about a fire from reading the smoke it's throwing off? Yes, yeah, Scott. It's, um, so Dave Dotson first uh, developed the class, and he taught it 
uh, for a couple of decades, and then about a year and a half ago or so, he uh, he's getting ready to fully retire, and he asked me if I'd be willing to take on the curriculum. And like anything, learning it to teach it is different from learning it to do it. But what you're looking to do is look at the uh, four attributes of smoke, which is volume, velocity, density, color, and and measure those against the box. And by the box, I mean is it a single-family residence? Is it a strip mall? Is it a three-story ordinary construction apartment building? So you're looking at uh, volume, velocity, density, color, measure that against the box, and there's there's keys in, in the information of the four attributes that will tell you where the fire is, where it's going, and how long it's likely to take it to change. And, and in change, we're talking about um, elements of minutes uh, versus seconds. And, and uh, for everybody, you need to actually balance that against your operational pace, the operational pace of your fire department. And so that's sort of the basic premise of the class. Read the smoke, apply it to the box, and then use that information to make uh, excellent tactical decisions uh, to put that fire out. Now, at some point, I assume that you've seen a bad example of where reading smoke would have helped and instead things went sideways. Oh, yeah. There's a, a fire that's really vivid in my memory. Um, I was the incident commander, and um, as even as I was leaving, uh, it was a... Let me back up a little bit to say that even even on the dispatch, I knew it was going to be an odd deal because I was going to the far end of the city, and uh, that's because there was a hazmat incident going on at the university, which they were having to evacuate, and so there were a lot of resources, including all the chief officers were already there. So as as a uh, the chief on the other end of the city, I get dispatched this fire, even right on the information as I'm driving down there. It uh, it gives me some indications. It, it talks about how there's gray smoke and they can hear a fire in the house. And I thought, wow, that's that's a pretty significant for us. That's a pretty significant key indicator that we don't see a lot of, especially uh, the smoke combined with some audible clue that there's something going on. And uh, because of the delay in me getting there, Scott, there was uh, already a pretty significant fire on the upper floor. And um, the crews uh, that were had already arrived there were trying to put it out, but uh, uh, it was in the um, second floor of a one-and-a-half-story, and so there were a lot of the knee walls and that kind of stuff. And you could see from the outside that the fire was well entrenched in all three, the two knee walls and then that little triangle space, uh, the attic of those sort of converted uh, second stories in your older homes. And uh, the radio reports are bad, and, and things just weren't going well. And uh, I decided, you know, we, we need a reset. So I just from just from seeing the smoke behavior from the uh, those um, pony wall sections versus the reports I was getting, there was a disconnect between what I was get what the reports I was getting and what I could see from the outside of the structure, and it was a big disconnect. Uh, they weren't lining up at all. And um, since the primary search had already been uh, pretty much completed, just said, hey, let's get everybody out. Uh, let's reset, make sure we're on the same page. And to some of the crews, when they came out of that uh, fire shot, they they were surprised. You know, it's one of those things where they're kind of shaking their head that they turn around and look, and they go, wow, that's not what I thought was happening. 
So that skill of being able to look at the fire behavior uh, from those clues that the smoke has given you, and in my case as a battalion chief on that alarm, uh, recognizing that that was not lining up with the radio reports, the expectations of the crew in the building, it was a significant disconnect, made it so that it was it was it was uh, you know the right decision to say hey we're gonna we're gonna take a reset on this thing, get our make sure we're all on the same page, and then uh, go back at it. Would you say this sort of thing happens more frequently than you might expect? I, yeah, I think you know, and we actually have this in our operating guidelines. Some some additional people coming in to do a 360 and or make an independent uh, risk-benefit analysis. But for the reading smoke piece, one of the things that is a very nice skill to have relative to it is that anybody who arrives at, um, first in at one of these events, um, company officer, battalion chief, uh, acting officer, there are, there are a lot of pieces of information. So one of the things that reading smoke helps you do is to to filter for the correct pieces of information in order to make your decision. And you can have, uh, you know, hundreds, literally, of tidbits of information coming your way, but there's only a few that really matter for where the fire is now and where it's going to go over the next, say, it takes you two minutes to get operational. Being able to see two to five minutes into the future is a skill, and that's that those cues that you get from smoke, once you train your mind to look for those and to understand what they're telling you, uh, gives you that advantage of being able to filter for the, for the critical pieces of information and use those to make a good decision. And you'll be teaching that at Firehouse World 2018, so hopefully you'll have a good turnout. Yeah, Scott, I'll be teaching the Art of Reading Smoke on Thursday, March 8th, uh, 10, 15, and then also on March 8th, I'll teach another class, which is uh, Creating a Better Outcome, which focuses on helping uh, fire service instructors uh, be better at the craft of teaching. You know, like, uh, teaching's a, a craft just like firefighting is a craft, and there's there are things you can learn about uh, uh, how to teach better classes, how to get people more engaged, uh, things like we were talking about earlier, uh, you, the even even the the willingness to maybe give up a PowerPoint and and either move to just a video format or even using learning or teaching yourself to use a whiteboard effectively rather than a PowerPoint. So those are the two classes I'm teaching at Firehouse World in March. Okay, sounds good. Chief Phil Joes, thanks for being with us today on Code Three. All right. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate the opportunity. And uh, let's have everybody stay safe out there and get better every day. And there are links to more information about Reading Smoke and Phil Joseph's book and his business, Ignition Point Training, on our website, code3podcast.com slash smoke. Check it out. Are you ready for your trivia question? Who made the first SCBA to see widespread commercial use, and when? I'll have the answer right after this. If you've been thinking about making a monthly pledge to support Code 3, we have an even better reason for you to do it now. We've started a new subscriber-only benefit. It's called the Code 3 Bull Session. It's more material from some of our interviews. Interesting stuff that didn't make it into the regular show. But only patrons get to hear it. 
So head over to Code3Podcast.com slash support and make a pledge of $10 a month or more and you'll get immediate access to the Bull Session. To the Bull Session. Don't miss it. Here's your trivia answer. The first Scott Airpack went into service in 1946. Yes, there were others, I know that, but remember I said widespread commercial use. (laughs) All right, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3. Thank you for listening. I'm Scott Orr, and until next time, I'll see you later. Code 3 is a production of Enchanted Sky Media. To get in contact with us, visit Code3Podcast.com. And if you haven't subscribed yet, you should. Don't miss an episode. Find us at the Apple iTunes Store, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts.